What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 208. And damn, it's hot in this office, man. I don't know. It's blazing for some reason. Usually it's a little bit cooler, but right now it is blazing. I still need to get that AC unit specifically for this podcast room because, man, during the day I can't even record the regular news that I want to record. So it's a little, you know, it's a little crazy right now. But uh, we're going to make it through like we usually do. And uh, there's a lot of interesting things that I want to go over because, first off, I want to say shout out to everybody supporting Easy Mill. Uh, everybody in the Philippines, you guys literally supported the shit out of my podcast episode so much so that it got the most views as a solo podcast episode, meaning with no guests, just me. Uh, it's at like 6,000, over 6,000 views right now, 350 likes, something like that, which is insane. And it's mainly from everybody uh, supporting Easy Mill, the Philippine artist that signed to Dr. Dre and Eminem. So thank you. I wholeheartedly thank you so much. Um, you know, you guys are clearly supporting like crazy. And that intrigued me so much that, you know, over those three tracks that I checked out, I decided to go through his whole catalog that he has online on Apple Music. He has three projects out and blew my mind. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But let's get into some of the, the crazy stuff that's going on. So Cardi B. Cardi B is one who is known to not hold back, speaks her thoughts, uh, backs up what she talks about. And the interesting thing in this situation is it had some people conflicted on if Cardi B did the right thing. So let's go over the article and you know see what happened. Uh, Cardi B took matters into her own hands in Las Vegas this weekend after someone at one of her performances thought it would be a good idea to throw a drink at her. On Saturday, July 29th, the Bronx rapper performed at an outdoor daytime party at Dry's nightclub. In footage from the event, Cardi whilst in the middle performing Bodak Yellow can be seen walking to the side of the stage when someone aims and subsequently throws a drink on her. It looked like water, by the way. In response, Cardi B then recoils back and launches her microphone at the offender. Cardi can be seen mouthing what appears to be jealous-ass bitch, as the offender is escorted off the premises before security hands Cardi B the microphone back to continue the performance. Later that evening, Cardi B in yellow fringe dress again took to the stage in Vegas and was her usual fun and funny self. You know what I need, she says in the video, a very classy, educated woman. You know what I want, the slut, bitch, ha ha. So, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this video for you guys first. So in the video, you can clearly see the person in the crowd throws water at her. Cardi B with amazing precise aim <laughs> throws the mic, hits her in the head directly. And boy, that shit got to hurt, man. A microphone being thrown, chucked at you and hits you in the head. Uh, personally, here's the thing, right? I, I personally think there is no issue with this because a lot of people do not seem to register in their mind that these celebrities are human beings as well. When you throw water to them, it does not feel good. When you're throwing phones, water bottles, anything, you know, artists have been chucked, you know, the baby got a shoe thrown at him, uh, I've seen artists get phones thrown at him. Drake had to dodge a phone at one point. He's got he's getting thrown panties at him right now and crazy stuff like a purse he got recently thrown at him. But um, you know these artists, regular human beings, emotions they have emotions. So if you're antagonizing them, throwing something, they're gonna you know don't be surprised if they come back at you. And they have to, in my opinion, every right to do something back at you. You know a lot of people you know are saying hey. She should have got security to deal with it, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Yeah, she could have been like, hey, this girl threw water at me. Get her out of here. They probably would have dealt with it. Um, but you have to remember, they're human beings. They're celebrities. They can get in their emotions as well. And she just immediately reacted because that's some bullshit. Having water thrown at you, that's not, that's not nice when you're performing, especially for a female. She's got makeup on. She's got this, you know, fancy clothes on, all of this stuff. You know, usually a guy, if water gets thrown at him, most of the time they don't really care, but... You know, it's, it's disrespectful at the end of the day. Like, I don't know who raised these people who do this stuff. 
it even boils like it goes all the way to like NBA players because I watch mainly basketball. So I see NBA people heckle NBA players courtside. Uh, I remember LeBron James actually pointed at two individuals and told them, you know, get them out of the game. They were courtside and they said some really, really racist, disrespectful stuff, like racist stuff. You know, it, that's insane. Like, how do you feel so entitled? You know, just because you bought courtside seats and they're whatever, $5,000, $10,000, doesn't mean you can just say whatever you want to anybody. You know, uh, Russell Westbrook has dealt a lot with that, where he's almost fought people because these people are just... You know, they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. He's not a human being. I can, you know, shit on his kids, shit on his family, disrespect him. Like, I don't know who raised some of you guys, man. Some of you guys have no morals, no respect at all. So I agree 100% with what Cardi B did. And, of course, knowing me, if you guys know me, you know, I had to relate it back to 50 Cent. This reminded me to uh, the moment when 50 threw water, uh, somebody threw water on 50 Cent. This is like in 2003, back when 50 was crazy. And 50 literally jumped into the crowd and did not give a single fuck. Beat the guy's ass, including, like, 50's whole... All the people that were on stage with him started jumping in the crowd. Like, the funny shit about this footage, you know, if you guys actually see it, the funny thing about this footage is everybody in 50's crew is jumping in the crowd like it's a fucking swimming pool. Like, they're just diving in it. Like, they're just doing, like, uh, you know, bombs when, you know, you know, when you're going in the pool and you're just jumping. Like, it's fucking insane. And... I'm going to play the, the clip so you guys can at least hear the audio if you're on an audio version, but the clip is hilarious, man. You know, these guys are jumping. They're literally like jumping high as hell into the crowd. Like, I feel bad for any bystanders that didn't do anything because 50 gets water thrown at him. And he, he you know, he pauses for a moment. He's, he's about to take off his hat, but then I think he puts it back on, jumps in the crowd, and then all of a sudden all 50's goons in the back jumping like it's a fucking pool, bro. It's hilarious. There's one guy in it. It's just He's got his whole, like, he's jumping like he's Spider-Man and just jumps in the crowd. It is Crazy. Let me play the audio clip for you guys. And if you're watching the video, obviously you can see it. So the the crazy thing about this clip is he jumps in the crowd. Everybody's jumping. All of his goons jumping like crazy, like it's a fucking pool. And then 50 comes out of it with a whole new T-shirt on. I don't know if they beat the shit out of the guy so badly they just took his T-shirt and 50 decided to wear it. But then he continues and performs like nothing happened. And that all the energy is crazy. The crowd's going crazy. Uh, it is a hilarious clip. So that just that just reminded me of that. And there's a lot of incidents of artists where the, they're like, you know, they get stuff thrown at them. They retaliate. I see no issue with it. They are human beings at the end of the day. And when you're provoking another human being, you should expect something back at you. That's, that's if somebody's raised properly, that's what they would think. You know, if you're, if you're a regular person who's been raised properly with morals and respect, you wouldn't do that shit because you know there's retaliation for it. So, you know, it's unfortunate that people got to do this type of stuff, man. You know, let the artist perform. You're there to watch it. Why are you throwing shit at them? You know, like if you don't like them, don't go to their fucking concert. It's that simple. Shout out to Cardi B for doing the right thing. And uh, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Hopefully people learn from this because, man, these fans are getting wild and mad disrespectful. Continuing on, YSL. This is interesting. This is very interesting. And this is actually, this actually feeds in a little bit to the conspiracy theorists out there in the world. 
Uh, it's kind of looking crazy, man. A lot of stuff that conspiracy theorists are saying are slowly coming to light as real, which is kind of scary. Not everything, you know, to a certain extent, certain things are coming out that's like, you know, celebrities do this. This is part of the world. Aliens, you know, the government just confirming that aliens exist, which is like, you know, like I'm surprised more people aren't going crazy. Like literally they confirmed aliens exist, that there's, you know, parts of bodies that they found or that does not resemble humans at all. So, uh, you know, everybody who thought aliens are real have gotten confirmation. So I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, more into that. But this is interesting because a lot of people say that celebrities do sacrifices, and this is a goat sacrifice, literally a goat uh, they sacrifice. So this is interesting. Let me go over the article. Uh, the YSL Rico case has been full of wild twists and turns that have been widely publicized. And the defense's latest motions continue that tradition. According to court documents obtained by Hip Hop DX, Brian Steele, the attorney for Young Thug, has filed two more motions to exclude evidence, which brings the total number of motions to 23. Uh, while the 23, 23rd motion which was filed on Thursday, July 27th, doesn't raise eyebrows as it's simply a motion to exclude evidence tied to the co-defendant Shannon Stillwell's arrest. It's the 22nd motion that has unveiled quite the bombshell. Although this issue does not directly involve Mr. Williams as he was never involved slash arrested on March 17, 2022, nor charged with Mr. Drink's supposed murder, law enforcement officers arrested Mr. Shannon Stillwell at 2481 Mead Lowark Drive, East Point, Georgia, 30344, while in the midst of a religious ceremony which involved supposed sacrifices of goats. That is very weird, man. While there has been no shortage of speculation as to what religion Stillwell was practicing when he allegedly sacrificed the goats in question, according to NPR, the practice is still quite common in monotheistic Judaism slash Islam, polytheistic Hinduism, and uh, Sinshrechik, I don't even know all these damn big-ass words, man. Uh, Pre-colonial religion, Santeria. So, Judge Ural Glanville didn't rule the motion, and it's unclear what, uh, when he will do so. So, the news is just shocking turn in the YSL Rico case. Uh, so, yeah, man, that is weird. So somebody affiliated with Young Thug YSL is out here sacrificing goats. You know, uh, I don't remember being part of the Islam religion. I could be wrong, but, yeah, there's, there's sacrificing goats is something that is uh, not really crazy on the conspiracy theory spectrum, but uh, sacrificing, it seems to be something that a lot of people say celebrities do. I don't know, man. Uh, this is something that, you know, you can go down these rabbit holes of the conspiracy theories left and right, and at the end of the day, unless I saw, like, video footage or some type of audio evidence, something, you know, something that would, like... Because a lot of these things, you know you don't think are real until you actually see them and they end up being real. You know, uh, we can go into a bunch of things, man. If you get me into this conspiracy thing, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I always say that because I feel like I'm not because I just like to look at every, um, every, every side of things. Let's just say that, uh, you know, because I'm very open-minded, you know, I don't, I don't like to just, Hey, I'm hard headed and this is what I think. And that's it. I like to, really be open-minded, you know, discuss different points of views. I feel like that's healthy. I think everyone should do that. I think if you just close yourself off and assume that, hey, what you read is completely right and that's it, and that's the final word, uh, you know, you got a lot of growing to do. I think more people should be open-minded to different things, you know, hear different sides of the story, have conversations with people that don't, you know, have the same views as you because if you're just surrounded with people with the same views and you watch things with the same views as you, um, it's easy to gravitate towards that, but it doesn't really challenge you. So, uh, try to surround yourself with people that have different type of points of view from you, uh, and have just great discussions. You know, you don't have to have arguments and kill each other over them. I think adults, you know, agree to disagree and that's fine. If you agree to disagree, you know, we have music debates all the time and there's people that love certain artists that I feel like, eh, are not that good. There's people that hate artists that I like, you know, uh, lots of times people said 50s trash, you know, he's only got one great album cool, man. That's your opinion. You know, I wholeheartedly disagree. The numbers prove otherwise as well. So, uh, you know, but you get those type of things. I'm not, you know, I'm not opposed. I don't think, I don't, I don't take anything personal when it comes to like stuff like that. Nobody should really, because it's just opinions. Uh, you know, you get death threats from stands and stuff when you say certain things, especially Eminem ones. I get a lot of those that just, I say, I'm stupid. I don't know music, this and that, just an opinion, man. That's all it is. It's not going to, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to do anything. It doesn't affect your life in any way. 
Um, I think people, just because I have a little bit of a platform that, you know, they think, oh, if I say this, it's going to push a narrative. Nah, man, uh, I'm a huge Eminem fan. So I'm just mainly referring to Eminem right now because I get a lot of, you know, when I talk about Machine Gun Kelly, Rap Devil, being better than Kill Shot, you know, I get these type of responses. Oh, you're a moron. You don't know hip hop. You know, stuff like that. When in reality, I know a shit ton of hip hop. I know my history and a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, you guys know I've done a lot of work, groundwork and this stuff. I've been doing it since I was like 11 years old. So, you know, people that don't know the history, they just throw shit out there and say, you're, you're a moron. You don't know anything. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of these conspiracy theories, things, you know, I have an open mind to them. Do I agree with these things? A lot of these things are kind of out there. Like, do I think Lil Dirk sacrificed King Vaughn to elevate his career? And did he sacrifice his brother D thing to elevate his career? I don't think so, man. It just doesn't make, it makes no damn sense to me personally, but, uh, you know, everybody has their own kind of theories and things that with a lot of celebrities, you know, Jay-Z's, you know, devil worshiper, Jay-Z, this, that, Diddy's this, that. So Diddy's the one that, you know, killed men. The Tupac things are just crazy. The conspiracy theories relating to Tupac are probably the worst. This is why, you know, when I, when I explore a lot of Tupac stuff, it's, he said, she said a lot of that type of stuff, man. And it's like, no, but this person said this, but this person, this, if Snoop Dogg said this, he doesn't like Tupac. He's jealous of Tupac. Snoop Dogg's story is not real. Napoleon said this, uh, Keefe D said this. And you know, yeah, it's just, it gets crazy with the Tupac stuff. Tupac's probably one of the most conspiracy theory. Like people still think he's alive and in Cuba right now. So that just shows you how crazy it is with T Tupac. But you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're sacrificing goats out here. That's not too far off the spectrum to you know, not believe you ever have someone do something to you so bad that it gets under your skin forever. And it still bothers you to this day. That's how I feel like Drake is with Pusha T because of the whole beef that they had and how a lot of people are siding with Pusha T and the fact that the story of Adidon kind of, you know, dismantled a little bit of Drake's, uh, perfect career, I guess his perfect armor, you know, brought a chink in that, and it kind of made people look at Drake a little bit differently. And even with the Meek Mill thing and the ghostwriting thing, it did have its little ways. But the Pusha T thing kind of brought things to light that a lot of people either didn't know about or were soon going to get to know about that Pusha T jumped the gun on. Regardless, Drake still throughout the years takes shots back and forth. You know, Pusha T sends some shots. Drake sends some shots. Subliminals, of course. Pusha T has always said that... uh. You know, if Drake wants the full smoke, he can get it. I feel like Drake just toys around because I don't think he wants it. I think he was always wanting to go after Kanye West and not Pusha T, but Pusha T got involved in that, stood in front of Kanye, and, you know, dealt with Drake properly. So what is Drake doing now? The new Travis Scott album, Utopia, Drake appeared on the track Meltdown and decided to take some shots at not only Pusha T, but Pharrell Williams, which... You know, Drake look up to looked up to at one point, and uh, it's looking a little crazy out here. So, on the track, he said this, I melt down the chains that I bought from your boss, give a fuck about all that heritage shit. Since V not around, the members done hung up the Lewis. They're not even wearing that shit. So, what is he talking about here, right? Uh, Drake, if you guys don't know, Drake bought Pharrell Williams' chains, his old chains that he had. Uh, one was like a gold PSP, which was pretty cool. Uh, he ended up paying well over $3 million for all these chains. Uh, they're like old classic uh, that he had up uh, for sale a while ago. And, you know, he flexed them in the Jumbotron shit popping music video. And on there, you know, he's showing them flexing them. People are surprised that he bought it. As well, you know, Drake announced that he bought Tupac's uh, ring for over a million dollars. So Drake, you know, Drake's got money. Drake can blow a million dollars and it's or $3 million on some chains and not really care too much about it. That's why he's saying I melted the shit because it doesn't mean really much to me. The, the, the interesting thing is that Pharrell got, you know, the shots because Virgil, you know, he's referring to Virgil um, who passed away uh, from cancer a while ago. And, uh, you know, Pharrell Williams was the one who took his place at Louis Vuitton uh, being the, I believe, the creative director. It might be, yeah, newly appointed men's creative director for, uh, you know, Louis Vuitton. And, Drake is clowning Pharrell Williams saying that like, yo, just because he became the new Louis Vuitton creative director, uh, it's not popping like Virgil. This shit is, nobody's wearing this shit anymore. Uh, you're not doing anything. 
like Virgil because he, Drake was close to Virgil. Uh, Drake and Virgil got a great relationship. You know, he, on the Life is Good song, he says, uh, Virgil got the Patek on my wrist doing front flips. And, you know, they've always gone back and forth showing love to each other. So Drake is sending the shots here. And, you know, he did say earlier in the verse, he said, my schedule is out. Come spin us for real. Man, fuck all that spinning the narrative shit. Uh, so he's, you know, he's on tour right now with 21 Savage. It's all a blur tour, I believe it's called. Something like that. Uh, it's a blur tour. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the dates are out of where he's at every single day. So usually if you want to pull up on somebody or a rapper, if you got someone to see uh, problems with, you know, rapper usually when they do tours, you can see where they're at, man. Every single night, every single date, they're at this location. So, uh, and even you can even see where the venue they're at. So, yeah, if Pusha T really, you know, wanted to do something, he's saying, you know, you, can, you know where I'm at. He continues that verse with the dissing, talking about pulling up. You know, while he's on tour, he says, don't come to the boy about repairing some shit. Don't come to the boy about sparing some shit. You lucky that Vogue was suing because I would have been with the Wasas in Paris and shit. So Vogue magazine, if you guys don't remember, Drake and 21 Savage had this funny promo uh, rollout for their collab album where they're fake pretending to do things like media interviews and stuff because, you know, it's kind of like a, hey, we don't do media interviews anymore. We don't need that shit. We can promote our own music. As you guys know, Drake barely does interviews anymore. 21 Savage does here and there, but Drake does these weird, corny-ass interviews with random-ass people, like that one girl. No disrespect to her. It's just weird. It's like, why do those type of interviews, Drake? Do a real hip-hop interview where people ask you real questions. Be a man, man. You know, Do a great interview with those type of people that know about hip-hop, not just some random funny shit all the time, You know, which is cool. I, I don't mind it here and there, but it's long overdue that you do a regular interview. Anyways, going on from there... Uh, he's saying, you know, Vogue suing us being a Paris fashion magazine. We couldn't pull up to the Paris fashion show due to that because of conflicts of interest. So yeah, man, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm listen, if, if this, if this beef happens, please let it be direct again. Please let it be bar like track for track back and forth, uh, spar. Don't just have it one track, one track be done and then send subliminals the next two, three, four years. I'm not a fan of this new hip hop of just subliminals. Like, straight up, go at people, man. Let's let's get this shit going. I don't know what happened to the Pusha T and Jim Jones thing. Seems like it ended it off. I feel like Jim Jones won because Pusha T didn't even release the track officially that was going at Jim Jones. So, I'll keep my eye on this and see what's going on. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, I'm all here for the sparring. ASAP Rocky, you know, sending shots to Travis Scott. That was interesting to me. So, let's get it going, guys. Let's get some battles going. Let's get some interest in hip-hop again. And, you know... Made the best man win. And honestly, in today's time, you can't really kill careers. So I don't know why artists are afraid of that. It's really hard to kill a career now due to all the social media and all that stuff. This is not 50 and Ja Rule back in 2003 where somebody wipes you off the face of the music planet. You're pretty much wiped out and nobody gives a shit anymore. Now you have social media, you have your own fan base. So it's harder to kill somebody's career. Uh, you know, people thought Meek Mill's career was over. Nah, came back, dropped heat, dropped hits. It was perfectly fine. A lot of different, you know, battle situations where people thought their careers were over. But, you know, people came back, did perfectly fine because of social media. So, yeah, we'll keep our eye on this. And I hope, hope Drake doesn't chicken out after sending these subliminals and actually follows up with everything. I wouldn't be surprised if Pharrell Williams decides to produce a track for Pusha T dissing Drake. You know, I wouldn't mind that at all, man. I thought Drake was paying homage by buying Pharrell Williams' chains, $3.3 That's a lot of money. But seems like he doesn't care, man. He seems like, you know what, he's standing by the ops, Pharrell is, so let me go at them. And it's unfortunate because I think Drake was a huge fan of Pharrell, man. I think he's stated that millions of times. And I think he's mad that maybe Pharrell never really worked with him, and that's kind of the issue where, you know, it all stems from the whole Lil Wayne, you know, uh, Pharrell Williams clips, all this stuff back then, all the way back then. Uh, this all is, like, stemmed from that, which is crazy. So, yeah, we'll keep our eye out. Another day, another YNW Melly double murder trial update, and they officially confirmed they are going to retrial this whole thing, which sucks for YNW Melly because he's still going to be locked up. It's unfortunate for him, but uh, the prosecutors, to make it even worse, are going to seek the death penalty once again. So let's go over the article. Uh, YNW Melly's court troubles are not over just yet, as he's now found out that he'll face a jury of his peers once again in connection to the double murder charges levied against him. Uh, after his first trial ended in the mistrial last week, 
Miami Herald reported that his new trial would begin on October 2nd. Both prosecutors and the defense have agreed to that being the start date. So October 2nd is the official uh, start again for the trial for YNW Melly and the double murder. However, both sides didn't agree to everything. Prosecutor Christine Bradley, who is representing the state of Florida, requested that YNW Melly be tried alongside his alleged co-conspirator, YNW Bortland. Bortland, real name Cortland Henry, is also scheduled to face a jury of his peers on October 2nd. While a status conference between the prosecution, who will be representing the state of Florida, and the defense will be had sometime in September. Uh, the Murder in My Mind rapper's team, however, objected to this request because Melly's facing the death penalty, while Bortland is not. Judge John Murphy, who has been overseeing the trial from the beginning, did not rule on the matter in the hearing on Friday, July 28th. The first-degree murder charges took four and a half years to process through the legal system. Melly was arrested back in 2019 for allegedly shooting and killing fellow YNW members Christopher Thomas, a.k.a. YNW Juvie, and Anthony Williams, a.k.a. YNW Sack Chaser, in October 2018. So this has been going on for quite some time. Uh, damn near, Melly got locked up around the time Nipsey Hussle got killed. Nipsey got killed, I think, YNW Melly got locked up in February 2019, Nipsey. That's how I remember this because it was so close to each other that uh, that's where I even remember when he got locked up. Uh, you know, a tragic event kind of sparks your memory on some of these things. So October 2nd is the date. That is officially when things will get going again. Like I said, this sucks for Melly because I don't know if he's guilty or not. You know, to me, it's kind of leaning towards guilty. I could be completely wrong in this from based off what I've seen, you know, changing clothes, these text messages, him hiding in the briefcase, so on and so forth, and really just not really having any type of uh, sadness after the murders. You know, the following day, he was seen shooting a music video, perfectly fine. So I know everybody grieves differently, but that to me was a red flag as well. I don't know. We'll see. October 2nd, it sucks for Melly in this situation because... I think he should be allowed at least on house arrest for that little time being. Even though it's not long, you know, three months is regardless, he's going to be locked up for three months now, uh, which sucks for him. You know, I think since it's a mistrial, it's not his fault. He should be freed for those next two to three months just so he can see his family hang out a little bit, kind of get a little, uh, you know, out of the pressure of dealing with all this, you know, especially if he didn't do it. You know, if come to find out he didn't do it, having to deal with all this mentally is probably stressing him out like crazy. Obviously, if he did do it, I could give a shit less about his mental health because this guy literally murdered two people. So I don't care if you're a famous person, rapper, artist, young thug, if he did all those things that they're accusing him of doing, I could care less about his great music. Uh, there are reports that the crime percentage has dropped significantly since young thug has been locked up in Atlanta. So, you know, that says something there. I don't know if that's just a narrative they're pushing, but that says something if it's true. So we'll keep our eye on the YNW Melly case and even the Young Thug case. And yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, Travis Scott. So we know uh, he dropped his new album, Utopia. And uh, I'm going to go over that album a little bit, do a quick review, uh, my favorite tracks off it, you know, and then give it kind of like a rating. So that's, that's, that's how I'm going to have my review system right now. Three good tracks, three tracks that I do not like, and then kind of give you my overall rating of the album. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about production on this one because I really, really think the production is unique. But before we get into that, it is ironic that right when Travis Scott drops the Utopia album on Friday, the Houston PD reveals that uh, Travis Scott is not getting charged with anything relating to the Astroworld incident. So let's not forget Astroworld claimed the lives of quite a few people, including like an eight-year-old kid, if I remember correctly, a nine-year-old. I don't know exactly what age he was, but... Uh, this was a huge incident, huge thing that could have been avoided. Um, but the Houston PD is saying, you know, like, hey, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, uh, he's not taking any any blame for this. But then, you know, Travis Scott's lawyer responds and says something else. Of course, you're going to have both sides to the story. But I feel bad for the families every time they hear Travis Scott or now all these people praising Travis Scott because of his album. You know, it's like a, it's a tragedy, man. Um but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The situation, who knows, man. Travis Scott, I doubt he meant for it to happen. I don't know, man. There's so many. Even with that, there's conspiracy theories. So, there's, oh, he's a devil worshiper. He intended to sacrifice souls. Then you got the stuff that he didn't know. He felt so bad. He started crying. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's just take it with a grain of salt, a lot of this stuff. And me, personally, I you know, there's a track record with Travis Scott where he mistreats people. 
fans, photographers. So it's like, you know, I don't know if he's that great of a person. So to me, it kind of, when the person is not great, too, the music kind of makes me, eh. But, you know, he is a talented artist. So let's go over the article. Travis Scott's lawyer has spoken out regarding the timing of the report pertaining to the Astroworld deaths in 2021 that was released by the Houston Police Department this week. According to TMZ, Kent Schaefer released a full statement on Saturday, July 29th that takes aim at Houston PD and its decision to release the report on Friday, July 28th, the same day as the rapper's new album, Utopia. This is what the lawyer says. The timing of Houston Police Department reports release coinciding with the launch of Travis Scott's highly anticipated album is anything but coincidental. Uh, Travis Scott and his team were, as anticipated, fully cleared of any wrongdoing associated with the Astroworld tragedy by a grand jury based on the very report released today. It is outrageous that the HPD has chosen to resort to tactics that attempt to discredit Travis and his team, casting doubt on how the unfortunate, unfortunate events at Astroworld actually transpired while deflecting blame for their own critical failures. So, you know, the blame is being pointed at the Houston Police Department, saying that they weren't really doing their job like they're supposed to. Uh, he went on to say, Travis, Travis's commitment to his audience's safety and well-being is well-documented. As reported countless times, he actively stopped the show three separate times, contrary to the HPD reports and accuracies. The concert did end at the exact time communicated to Travis. Meanwhile, Houston police officers present at the event did not intervene during the unfolding uh, situation. They were observed throughout the show, standing by idly, buying merch, even filming the concert in its entirety. We encourage the Houston PD to make peace with the fact that Travis Scott and his team were found innocent of any wrongdoing and to focus on what really matters, making sure tragedies like this Astroworld never occur again under their watch. According to the report, during the night of the tragedy, Travis Scott had no idea what was going on around him during the concert. Uh, concert. Uh, the re redacted report, which is more than 1,200 pages long, was released by Houston police via Twitter. Uh, the law enforcement agency confirmed that the only details relating to privacy, such as social security numbers, were redacted in accordance with local law, but everything else was true and correct per police attestations. So, you know, here's the thing. You know, when I did the documentary on the Astral incident, that video flopped like crazy because I think just it was too much violence, too much murder. So I just got the video's only got like twenty thousand views to this day. So that video is probably one of my worst performing documentary type videos ever. Um, but when I did the video, you know, I noticed police were kind of lazy in their like whole situation. You can see them enjoying the concert. You can see them kind of not really paying attention to the crowd like that. But even though Travis Scott ended like stopped the show a little bit, made sure people were okay. You kind of notice, you know, you can see his face moving around. He could see, you know, like he was paying attention to a lot of stuff and he didn't stop it at the end of the day, too. So I I, I knew he wasn't going to get blamed for this stuff. I knew he would get Scott, Scott free from this stuff. Uh, you know, that's just, that's what's expected. If you have all this money, you're not going to be responsible for this stuff. You know, Live Nation might take the blame, uh, Houston PD, all that. You're going to find a way to, to get out of this situation. I knew Travis Scott wasn't going to be you know, blame for this. It would be damn near impossible. So um, it's an overall sad situation, man. I do think Travis Scott should, as a man, me personally, I'm going to be 1 million percent honest with you guys. I would take some blame for it, and I would even do some jail time if I had to for it. But, you know, if we agreed, we came to an agreement or something to where I would try and, um, you know, maybe do community service, get appointed that, something. To where it's like, okay, you know what? Even though I'm not fully to blame from this, even though it's not directly my fault, I need to take some kind of accountability. And you could say Travis Scott, you know, did that by offering to pay for funerals, apologized in the interview with Charlemagne. You know, you could say he did things here and there, but me personally, you know, I would, I would go a little bit above and beyond and be like, yo, okay, let's see what happened in this situation. Let me check out everything. Let me contact the families. They don't want nothing to do with me. Let me do some donations. Let me do some community service. Let me try. And, uh, but then, you know, there's going to be people saying, Oh, he's only doing it because of the incident. He's just not really a good person. Whatever. You're going to get backlash from all kinds of shit. So, you know, it, it's a sad situation overall, man. And, you know, I think it, it, it sucks that, uh, 
another person of that power kind of gets away with the situation. I do feel like Travis does take some blame for this. It's he set it up, you know, I you know, he needs to make sure because his name, this is the thing, his name is attached to that. You know, even if he says I didn't know, you have to know your name is attached to the incident. This is your concert, your event. Anything my name is attached to, I would look at top to bottom. Period. Who is getting hired? Are they professionals? What's their experience in this field? All that. Hire somebody to do it. You know, because obviously Travis Scott has to focus on the concert and focus on, you know, delivering a great performance. But hire somebody that's very thorough and tell them, hey, I need you to report to me before this concert starts. Who was hired? What's their experience? All this. And if, you know, hopefully the person did their due diligence, reported the right thing, and, you know, hopefully everything goes good. But, uh, you know, I don't think Travis did that. I think he just thought things were going to go smooth. Boom. Caused people to get killed. And, uh, you know, sad, man. Very, very sad situation. You know, I feel bad, especially for that kid, man. That sucks. That's an eight-year-old kid that got killed at night. Ten-year-old, my bad. Okay, so left ten people dead, and the ten-year-old got killed. So, um, you know, unfortunate, man. Speaking of Travis Scott, you already know Travis Scott Utopia album review. So let me go into Apple Music. Let me pull out the actual track list of everything, and then I'm going to go over my favorite songs, and then I'm going to go over the actual uh, album. Shit, no, no, no. My bad. I was about to play it. Get copyrighted like crazy. Okay, so the album is about 19 tracks. Listen to the whole thing. Obviously, it has Yeezus uh, influence very clear. There's even a song that resembles like one of the Yeezy songs, Yeezus uh, songs. Let me see. Forgot which one it is, but it literally resembles it. There's a lot of lyrics uh, Travis Scott borrows and. You know, people are saying, oh, Kanye was ahead of his time. Look at Travis Scott using, you know, Yeezus as a, you know, album when really they're really close and it makes sense. And, you know, Travis Scott likes Kanye, looks up to him. So, uh, plus Travis Scott, you know, played a huge role in the Yeezus album making. So, you know, it makes sense. He helped produce a lot of the tracks, New Slaves, Guilt Trip, I Am God, all that. So, uh, there is, uh, let's see, Kanye has writing credits on the album, on the Travis Scott album as well. But then what are the songs? Mimics Yeezy's flow. Circus Maximus, he mimics the flow. Lots of tracks. He mimics the flow, lyrics, production, all that. I can't I can't exactly see the what what uh what track is it, man? Fuck. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Modern Jam. Uh reuses the beat from 10-year-old version of I Am a God. So Modern Jam, that's one of the tracks as well. So it is, it's basically Yeezus. 2.0 from a different perspective, a more modern perspective, I guess you could say. But um, overall, the album is pretty good, man. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of Travis Scott. I never really have been. I think, you know, the music is is pretty cool. You know, it's got its own kind of unique thing. But to me, it just doesn't, you know, like doesn't really, you know, grab my attention. It makes me want to play it, you know, like crazy. Uh, I think Travis Scott is one of those artists that like, uh. I don't want to make it a race thing, but a lot of like, you know, white middle America likes these type of artists like Kanye, Travis Scott, uh, Lil Uzi Vert, uh, Playboy Cardi, these type of artists, you know, white middle America, white kids that, you know, aren't really huge hip hop fans, but they're just casual hip hop fans. I'm not saying that's all Travis Scott fans because I, on my timeline, you know, a lot of you tweet me, love the album. A lot of people that are tweeting huge hip hop fans that love the album. So I'm not saying everybody, but that's the kind of attention that they get, you know, uh, white middle America. And, uh, you know, that's why they get these type of numbers. He's scheduled to do over 500,000 first week. So we'll see the numbers when they come in. But, uh, the album is pretty good, man. I give it, I give it a seven out of 10. Uh, I think my favorite tracks are, let's see. I like my eyes. I like meltdown with Drake. That was actually pretty good. Um, I think it was, could be wrong on this. Till further notice. I think it was that one. Yeah, till further notice. So my eyes meltdown till further notice. Those are my favorite tracks on the album. Uh the tracks that I'm not really a big fan of. Modern Jam. 
Actually, wait, let me. I like Fiend as well. So I'll put four in there. So I like Fiend. I like My Eyes. I like Meltdown. And I like uh, Till Further Notice. Fiend is probably my favorite track. I don't know how I missed that. Fiend is, yeah, probably my favorite track on the album. Uh, so those four I like. And then the three that I'm not a big fan of is uh, Modern Jam, Sirens, and then I think Lost Forever was it? One of those, yeah. So uh, Modern Jam, Sirens, and Lost Forever. Those tracks I'm not really a huge fan of. Not saying that they're garbage, like I said. My album reviews, when I talk about the tracks I don't like, I'm not saying they're complete, you know, dog shit like that NLE Choppa song that's sampling Nelly. But, uh, you know, there are songs that I skip that I'm not really a fan of. So the album's 7 out of 10 for me. I think the production is really next level, man. Travis Scott, the way he does his sound effects, all that stuff, man. It's like cinematic as fuck, man. Uh, I think Travis Scott has a really unique talent in that unique sound as well. You know, uh, ASAP Rocky probably dissed him because he's thinking he's copying. But I, I think uh, Travis Scott... You know, that's why he garners so much attention. That's why people, you know, were anticipating this album for so long. It's been five years, which is like the Kendrick Lamar situation. So I understand all the hype surrounding this. Um, a lot of features on this album, lots of features that are not even mentioned on that. Like, it's not shown, which I hate sometimes. I get it if it's like the first week and you don't want to reveal features, but add them on later on, man, because I'm tired of fucking trying to guess what's what, you know, because I don't really listen to the whole album over and over and over again. You know, I heard, listen to the whole album in full Three times. So I can't remember everybody. But I give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, you know, not bad. Not not, not an amazing album. Pretty good. Uh, not great. Just good. Good album. I think it's uh, it's definitely going to be, you know, in a lot of people's top 10 list for the hip-hop year. So that's pretty much my review for uh, Utopia. I think, uh, you know, he's going to do like 500,000. He's going to do his waves, man. A lot of people are reacting to it. A lot of people are going crazy. I was probably going to go live and react to it, but... I've got so much stuff going on now that I'm working on another documentary, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I didn't have time to actually go on. Now, let's get into Easy Mill. So, shout out to all the people in the Philippines that uh, supported the podcast once again. You guys drove my numbers up like crazy. I appreciate you guys a lot. You know, I didn't know he's from the Philippines. I thought he was just from Vegas, a Las Vegas rapper. Uh, started to watch a lot of interviews from him. You know, he talks a lot in uh, different languages in these interviews, I think from... So a lot of the interviews that I saw were in the Filipino language. So some of it I didn't understand, but I got to know him a little bit more through the interviews. And what I learned from Easy Mill is that, uh, you know, when he dropped out of college, finally, he started working on his music. So 18, 19 years old, you know, I don't know uh, in the Philippines what age bracket is college over there. I'm assuming it's 18 to, you know, whatever age that you finish. But uh, so I'm assuming 18 is when like 18, 19 started making music. Right now he is, I believe, 24 years old. Could be wrong. 24 years old, something like that. 25 years old right now. Uh, born in 1998. So from the Philippines, and you guys, you know, like I said, showed insane support on the podcast. Once again, thank you guys so much. Uh, everybody was just showing love. So I decided to go over his music, watch a couple interviews, get to know him. So when he got out of college or dropped out, basically. Uh, he started exploring music, started teaching himself a lot of things, messing around with different uh, tools that he could use for his sound. Uh, he started doing metal music first, and you can hear that on a lot of these projects. So he started out with metal music, which is unique in itself because he ended up with Eminem and Dr. Dre, who are basically hip-hop for the most part, like 80% hip-hop, even though they got some rock and roll and some mixtures of stuff here and there. But started out making metal music and then started uh, developing his sound. And I checked out all three of the projects. Let me get the titles of all three of them because I know one of them is like uh, Act One. I think Renaissances. Renaissances. And then uh, Duality, which is the most recent one. And uh, Eminem actually, when he went to go uh, walk out with Terrence Crawford, the boxing match, he actually wore the shirt with the album cover on it, with uh, Easy Mill's album cover on it. So he is dropping a, a deluxe version, I believe, of this project. August 11th. I could be wrong on the date, somewhere around there, August 11th. And, uh, you know, I'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, if it features Eminem, has Dr. Ray production, be crazy. But let's go over the project. So, Act One, I can see why a lot of people, a lot of people I saw in the comments recommended me this project. So, I can see why. Uh, he's got a lot of great tracks, man. A lot of this stuff is very versatile. This is probably the most hip hop one out of all of them, I think. I would say so. 
Uh, I enjoy the track Fraud a lot on this project. Uh, King I B. Uh, where else? Uh, King I B. Fraud. IDK. It's another one I enjoyed. And then Pinalo. So those four I really enjoyed. So if you if you're if you're checking want to check out his music, check out the Act One project. Check out I think I think uh, Fraud is my favorite one out of it. Uh, King I B, IDK, and Pinalo. Pinalo. I could be pronouncing that wrong. But mind you, he speaks Philippines a lot of this stuff. Uh, he mixes up to English as well. Uh, raps, sings. You know, you get a different mixture of rock music. This guy can dance too. So this guy is just everything wrapped up in one artist. I think uh, because of how versatile he is, I think he can, he can hit that pop stage. And then if he wants to go to rock, he can go to rock. And if he wants to go straight rap, because he, he has a lot of Eminem influence and a lot of stuff. He actually quotes some Stan lyrics. He quotes a lot of, like, loosely quoting a lot of Eminem stuff. And he has that that cinematic, like, the relapse sound where Eminem with a lot of, you know, background. And he does, like, these effects in his voice like Eminem does. You know, I know you, I can't really explain really well, but you guys know what I'm talking about where Eminem has these kind of, check it, like, all these crazy sound effects. And, oh, like, he's getting stabbed or something. He has a lot of that in there, which is great Eminem influence. Um, he can rap fast, you know. Very versatile, man. And uh, based off those three tracks I heard initially, I was like, yeah, that's what I got from him. So uh, if you want to check out mainly the hip-hop project, it is the Act 1 album. I don't know if it's a mixtape. So we'll just go with album, I guess, or mixtape. I'm just going to go with mixtape because he wasn't officially like on a major label, I don't think, at least from what I saw. So the Renaissance Project has seven tracks on it. This is more an R&B, like a love project. So if you're a fan of that, he, he does this thing. Like I said, this guy can be R&B, singing, do a pop record, go to rap, uh, go to rock. You know, like this guy has it all, man, uh, which is something I haven't seen in a minute. I see why he caught the attention of Eminem Dre because this is something different. Uh, very curious with Eminem and Dr. Dre's production, you know, their ears production behind him what he's going to be capable of doing. And then, you know, Philippines, man, you guys are supporting the hell out of him. So that backing as well, you know, in, in America, there's quite a bit of fans as well. Now you got Eminem and Dre behind it. You know, I think, uh, I don't think he's going to get shelved, you know, like I initially thought, you know, I didn't say he was going to shell, but I was just worried that like, you know, Eminem and Dre, when usually when they sign a lot of newer acts recently, they begin shelved a lot. But because of the Philippines backing, it does, it does seem like, you know, he'll be good. So then the duality project is 10 tracks, um, you know, off the rip, the rapture track is that, you know, like a metal heavy, like that type of uh, music, which I'm not really a fan of, but you know, it's something different for people to check out. So, uh, I did like 27 bodies, uh, re up, up and down, which is the track that actually got him signed to, uh, Dre and M and greed. So those are my favorite tracks on that project. Go ahead and check it out, man. I think Duality and Act 1, you guys will really like. Unless you're a fan of huge R&B and soul, check out the Renaissance Project. Very unique artist, man. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that, that, that project that comes out like on August 11th, you know, after signing with Eminem. I think it's Duality, like deluxe version of it. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm going to check it out. I'm probably going to do a live stream of it on my main channel, Diverse Mentality. So... You know, if you're watching this right now, Diverse Mentality is the main channel. I have 650,000 subscribers on there if you're new. Uh, that's probably where I'm going to do the live stream. So I'm going to check it out when it drops. I think that would be really cool. Um, so, yeah, man, check out Easy Meal if you haven't. I just wanted to go over the music because once I saw the support you guys were doing, I was like, okay, this guy clearly has something going on here. You know, even though I checked out those three tracks and enjoyed it. So, yeah, check them out. Uh, new music. Let's get into the new music and then album sales. So, uh, we know Travis Scott dropped uh, the Utopia album. Uh, Nelly Choppa finally dropped that uh, Nelly sample, It's Getting Hot, which is, you know, utter dog shit. Uh, Offset and Cardi B, Jealousy, which is a pretty dope track. Uh, Gucci Man, Wappenheimer, which is off that movie, uh, whatever that movie's called, Oppenheimer. Uh, Yo Gotti drops a new track called No Fake Love. And then, let's see, Denzel Curry got Juicy J for the blood on my Nikes. You know, Travis Scott. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it for new music that I'm seeing here. So 
Let's get into album sales. Album sales. Let's see who's dominating because I know Travis Scott's going to take over pretty soon here. Um, let's go to album sales. New Jeans debuts at number one. I have no idea who that is. Uh, second EP, Get Up, 140,000 first week. Damn. They actually sold physical albums versus streams. They did 24,000 streams and 115,000 physical albums. That is interesting. Barbie, the album, the soundtrack, debuted at number two with 120,000. Morgan Wallen is now at number three, one thing at a time, with 103,000. Taylor Swift, Speak Now, at number four with 80,000. Peso Pluma, Genesis, number five with 51,000. Taylor Swift, Midnight's, number six with 48,000. Morgan Wallen, Dangerous Double Album, number seven with 46,000. Greta Van Fleet, uh, Starcatcher, number eight, debut at 45,000. Taylor Swift, number nine, Lover, at 41,000. SZA, SOS, number 10, at 40,000. Gunna, A Gift and a Curse, number 11, at 36,000. Going down here, Lil Uzi Vert, Pink Tape, at number 16, with 29,000. Uh, Metro Boomin' Heroes and Villains, number 23, with 22,000. Lil Dirk, Almost Healed, number 25, with 22,000. Drake, 21 Savage, Her Loss, number 26, with 21,000. I Spice, Like, debuted at number 29, with 19,000. Going down, down. Drake Certified Loverboy, number 40, with 17,000. Nas's Magic 2 album debuted at number 41 with 16,000, which is pretty good, man. Uh, Nas has been in the game for a minute, so I wasn't expecting this guy to do 100,000. Metro Boomin, number 46. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Universe with 15,000. Eminem Curtain Call, back on the charts at number 48 with 15,000. And then Drake Take Care, number 50 with 15,000. Damn, that's crazy. Uh, that's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. Once again, guys, I appreciate the recent support on the recent episode. Uh, been amazing, man. The views were great to see that. I appreciate all the Philippine people supporting as well. You guys are amazing. Clearly, you guys love your people, man. Uh, I don't really get support like that from Albanians. I do get some, so it would be cool if Albanians mainly you know, supported and actually showed love as well because... Uh, you know, you get some Albanian support, but for some reason, I guess I don't really rep Albania like that anyways on all, every podcast. I, you know, I'm not here with a flag behind me. So I guess, you know, I can understand it. But shout out to the Philippines, man. Supporting like crazy. Uh, stream us, YouTube, all that. Spotify, Pocket Cast, you know, Apple Podcast. Uh, have an amazing night, day, whenever you listen to this. And peace.